Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hello. Hello. Uh, also Tim's cats. Uh, demanding <laughs> attention. Camera, <laughs> camera loves her apparently. Uh, this is... A Screams After Midnight is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films every week. Now, normally that means we watch a horror movie and then we come here and we sit and talk about it and maybe do some movie news and, and all that kind of thing. This is not that type of episode. This is a special episode mm-hmm. because this is going to be a countdown episode, meaning that we are going to list and rank films based on our preferences. I have made my list. Tim has made his list. Mm-hmm. And what list have we made this time? We have made our top 50 horror movies of the decade list because that's right. We're nearing the very, very, very end of 2019, and that means, or in fact, by the time this goes up, it may actually be 2020, but like, <laughs> but it means <laughs> that it's time to actually look back not only on the year, but in the decade as a whole. So these mm-hmm. films are all from 2010 to 2019, and this will be part one of two. This will be our first 25, so this will be numbers 50 through 26. Tim will give his number 50, I'll give my number 50, we'll explain them a little bit, and we'll just go from mm-hmm. there. We'll alternate and... Uh, we'll be here for a while, probably, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get some recommendations and some cool movies will be be recommended. And, th- you know, for the record, there's mm-hmm. still movies from this decade that I've still not gotten around to see that I wished I could have in time. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Uh, hopefully we'll get to some of those later. But this is our top 50 as it stands right now at the very end of the decade. Um, mm-hmm. We are mere days from Christmas as we record this first half. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, which is why there's a uh, Christmas lights up because it's probably too late for a Christmas tree by the time this actually is public. Yeah. But uh, so, <clears throat> with all that said, Tim, did you did yes. you have, did you have a hard time with this one? Was this a? You know, I thought I was going to, um, not because there you know haven't been a lot of good movies. I actually think this was a, a really good decade uh, for horror, uh, but just more. Um, you know, trying to think of stuff uh, and, you know, remembering like, oh, what year did that come out? Uh, but uh, actually, when I sat down to do it, it was uh, not too bad. Like I probably, you know, was able to come up with like, you know, 30 ish something movies on my own. And then, you know, uh, the rest I would kind of, you know, like looked at other lists to kind of like jog my memory of like stuff of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that came out or whatever. Um and it, I think it was like a little easy for me because um, I, I I moved to LA in like late 2012, hmm. so it so like it was uh, really easy to think of like you know when I would think of a movie I'd be like All right, did that come out this decade and I was like oh yeah of course because I saw it <laughs> in California so like uh, yeah it had to have um, so uh, no, yeah it wasn't it wasn't too hard um, I think. <clears throat> you know like like a lot of lists you know you you, you have a, a good amount that you kind of get down and then you know um the i, I think what kind of gave me trouble was uh maybe some of the placements uh in in this mm-hmm. um but actually thinking of the movies wasn't too too hard and then uh and then eventually i did have like a little leftover like there's probably uh not a ton but maybe like you know between like five and ten movies that I was like could have been on the list, but you know, eventually I had to cut or whatever. But yeah, I just can't know. wait to see how high the visit is in your list. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> doing the best, the best <laughs> of the year. <laughs> uh, 
No, I, I mean, as much as I, I was saying that, I do think it is a good uh, decade for horror. Uh, I mean, yeah, we could still easily also do a worst of list as well. Oh, yeah, and easily 50 as well. It's not even just like it had to be a shorter <laughs> list. We could easily do a worst 50 of the decade. Uh, we yeah. actually just did a worst 50 of all time uh, in October, so we feel a little bit redundant, especially since a lot of that list was stuff from this decade. Because this is the thing, because we do this show, we see a lot of crap, and I definitely see more crap on a consistent <laughs> basis because of this show than I did before. So oh, yeah. um, not much point in doing it, but uh, you can go check out that top 50 if you wish uh, from earlier in the year. Uh, so without further ado, Tim, we're going to get kick off with your number 50. So let us okay. begin. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, oh. Actually, one thing I was going to mention before we start. Okay. I, I, I don't know if you want to do this, but okay. <laughs> do you want to uh, make a prediction of what each other's number one is, and then we'll see if it's right <laughs> at the end? So or obviously, it, or obviously, gonna... obviously, yours is going to be the boy. I mean, is this not... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I mean, we don't have to do. It. I don't know if you think it'll be too spoilery because I'm pretty sure I know what your number one's gonna be. But yeah, I think you, I think you can guess my number one. I'm not. An, I'm not a million percent sure on yours. I was. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll keep it in our heads and then we can see if yes. the, our predictions are right. Okay. Nice. I've got one in my head. I've got one in my head. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll start with my number 50 then, which I, I can almost guarantee is not going to be on your list because I think you are uh, <laughs> really didn't like it, uh, especially compared to me. Uh, but my number 50 is uh, The Hallow. Uh, I think, you know, it's uh, that was like a nice like, you know, little movie, uh, rural horror, changelings. I, I, I like the mythology of it. Um I, I think I was really hyped on it when I first watched it. And I, I've seen it like once or twice uh, since then, which uh, has cooled it a little bit for me, you know, hence uh, why it's number 50 and not higher up. Uh, but I still think it's a, you know, solid, nice little horror movie. Between this and The Hole in the Ground, Ireland's got a lot to answer for this decade. <laughs> and uh, will this be the, uh, you know, the only entry uh, from this director on my list? Uh, who knows? Because uh, <laughs> he has done The Nun. So we'll see if the nun shows up. I won't spoil anything, but. Well, any more films? How many films of this director after this will show up in your list? My guess is none. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, see, see. See, you're not the only one who can do comedy, Tim. So, oh, yeah, it's easy. That's easy. Uh, right. That's why I do it. My number 50 is Parallel Activity 3. Uh, which I think is the best of Parallel Activity movies. I think it added just enough of interesting stuff to the mythology to really make it feel like it was adding a substantial amount. I think having the two kids be kind of the the focus uh, was a really interesting diversion from just, you know, just the adults being the focus. Uh, It made it feel like it was really about them. Uh, The ending's probably the best ending of the series as well. I I feel like it did a lot of really cool stuff, and I I really feel like this could have just been the ending of the the franchise. I feel like this this could just be it, you know? Um, And it it went downhill immediately after this one, but I think in terms of this, this particular franchise, I think the third one was the the peak of its creativity and the peak of also just this raw kind of creepiness and the raw, you know, just the, the concept of what these movies are, this was the one that kind of did its best with it. 
because um, the first one was it uh, was a pretty solid little movie for what it was. I thought two was was fine, uh, just kind of more of the same. I think the third one evolved it enough to make it feel like it had done enough new things. That's yeah. what's great about this one is it actually feels like it's doing something kind of different. Like mm-hmm. it, it's finding new trick. Like you know, the first one obviously it's the first one, uh, and we hadn't really had that many found footage movies at the time. Like, I mean, you know, people talk about Blair Witch being the, you know, kind of like the first horror found footage movie but we really didn't see anything after it for a long time like this movie was what you know kind of started the found footage boom uh for horror mm-hmm. and um yeah and and i think you know the first one's really solid and then really it's like the first one and the third one are the only movies i feel like you need to see because everything else just feels kind of the same um and, and it seems like it gradually gets worse but the third one is actually like genuinely good and you know finds really creative ways to you know have the scares and everything in it so it's a a very solid movie that's a good pick yeah i basically i mean they basically shook things up so much by just putting the camera on like a fan that oscillated so that it would move back and forth and that just added so much to like the movie compared to the previous ones so uh, yeah that's my number 50 Uh, what was your 49 Uh, this one is kind of tough uh because I don't know. You think of a lot of different things, you know, that goes into, you know, stuff that you're putting on the list. So uh, this one, it, it's it's more than just the movie for me. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things surrounding it. But uh, my number 49 is It Chapter One, which, um, it, again, the, the It movies, <laughs> they're not really great horror movies. And then we really, really, really did not like uh, Chapter Two. But I still think, like... Chapter poo more like. Yes. Uh, uh, Less good than your nun pun. (laughs) I'll take it. Um, But no, it does. There's going to be a crossover, so there's going to be it, chapter none. That's going to be. (laughs) That's going to be the crossover. Pennywise versus the nun. I I I wouldn't put it past them. Those those movies did so well. I wouldn't be surprised they try to uh find more pennywise stuff to do but the no like the first movie uh again the horror is still really lackluster but uh, i think there's a lot more interesting stuff the you know story is more captivating uh, all the stuff with the kids is a lot more interesting um you know there's still a lot of bad stuff to it but uh i mean like i said you know sometimes when you're making a list it kind of goes beyond the movie a little bit but like to me this also kind of signifies like you know the kind of renaissance of king that we've been experiencing and as everyone knows i love stephen king and um stuff so it's cool to see him get like you know kind of some like you know big name popular recognition again with uh you know like a really big blockbuster movie uh and 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 even you know like the other king movies i've done that are more beloved i don't know if any has been like a huge hit like it's cool to see that he gets a you know a big hit uh under his belt so um so yeah i i felt like it was worthy enough to put on the list even though it's you know not the horror aspect of it isn't the best yeah oh yeah i like the kids relationships and their their sort of little team but um the horror stuff i wasn't too fond of so but hey ho uh my number 49 uh that's a a pretty sort of you know mainstream kind of one that everyone knows is that that is the conjuring is my 49 um which I think is a really solid haunted house movie, uh, and I think Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga uh, really make the whole thing work as Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, I think James Wan's direction obviously is the big thing here. Um, so 
you know, it's, it's one of these things where this movie is obviously very highly regarded in the horror community. And it's a 49 for me because I like it a lot, but I don't love it necessarily as much as... Uh, you know some other stuff i mean i i am on the record of uh another james wan movie uh be, being my favorite between the two mm. but uh, we'll get to that later uh but cardio is really solid and it, it, it does a really great, great thing where it kind of it keeps getting more inventive with it with its scares and it keeps kind of building the uh the ten- i think it's unique because there's, there's like five daughters in the family which is a, a kind of unique setup and it plays with the daughters kind of witnessing things happening to each other and you know i, I think my, my, my the main memories i have of this movie tend to be you know the two girls who share a room and like one of them seeing stuff and the other one not and kind of like uh all, all that stuff kind of going up and everyone remembers the clapping stuff and all yeah. the rest of it so yeah conjuring yeah, and then uh, and you know we talk a lot about uh, you know kind of how bad a lot of <clears throat> mainstream Hollywood horror is, um, but you know James Wan seems to be you know one of the few people that can kind of get it right. Like you know I, I feel like you know Conjuring is a great example of like oh no you know you can have a mainstream you know big budget you know Hollywood horror movie and still actually be good still be still have like atmosphere and tension be creepy uh so no yeah that's a, a very solid pick well yeah all my picks are solid <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a fantastic list uh oh, <laughs> we'll see yeah what's your 48 <laughs> <clears throat> uh so this is like a newer one um you know that we did uh not, not too long ago um and that is a terrifier uh mm. you know it's a you know, just a, a nice, solid, um, you know, kind of slasher movie, but, you know, does stuff that you wouldn't expect, uh, I guess, maybe, you know, normally uh, think of in that genre. And it's, uh, you know, it's a nice, like, Halloween watch. And um, and it's, it doesn't shy away from, like, you know, being really brutal and the gore and everything. Um, so, yeah, just a really nice, solid uh, oh, yeah. movie. It, it's downright brutal. Art, Art of the Clowns yeah. a pretty great modern horror villain. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad there's a sequel on the way, so... No, that's good. Uh, my number forty-eight so, is uh is Hull. Uh, so this is a a British werewolf movie set on a train that breaks down, uh, and ends up being attacked by a werewolf. Um, it's one of those things where like, I I, I watched this during October or maybe just before October. It was kind of around then, and wasn't sure what to expect. But it essentially turns into one of those survival movies where your characters are all kind of trapped in this one location. In this case, it's you know the train, and. It's like, okay, how can we try and get out here? Can we get the train moving again? Can we contact for help? It's like the the dead eye train ride at you know like two in the morning and the werewolves look pretty good. Um the CG's not always great, but the werewolf design's kinda interesting, has a kind of a unique look to it, uh, which is kinda nice. Um but yeah, what you really have is an interesting cast of characters who, you know, throughout the course of the film, some of them are likable, some of them, some of them are unlikable. Uh, there's definitely the 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 one who's the most villainous. Who by the end of the movie you're just praying for the werewolf to get to, um, <laughs> but it's a pretty solid little little adventure. Well, adventure, a little survival movie. You know, it's a it's, it's a group of characters who are all very different and distinct, um, having to work together even though they mostly don't like each other. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, actually, I've never seen this one, so that sounds pretty cool. So I have to check it out. Mm. Uh, what was your 47? Uh, so another one uh, from this year, actually, and that would be Child's Play, the, the 2019 uh, version, obviously. Uh, the remake, it's a, 
you know, again, we we had a lot to say. You know, it's very different than the original. Probably didn't need to be called Child's Play, but um, regardless of that, though, it's a really fun movie. I think that you know, there's a lot of like pretty cool, interesting kills. Um, it actually is doing something different. You know, it's not just you know replaying a, off the old movie or having a bunch of fan servicey stuff. It really stands out on its own, and um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff about it. So I was pretty pleasantly surprised uh, for this movie, which I was going in was really, really sure it was going to just be awful. But uh, I, I was wrong. And hey, it doesn't happen often, but I love when it does. <laughs> doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, no, pleasant surprise. Not not amazing, but pleasant surprise all the same. Had its yeah. own, own thing. Uh, my number 47 is uh, another number 3 actually Insidious Chapter 3 is my number 47 uh, which I found to be because I went into this kind of sceptical and you know 2 wasn't as good as 1 although I still enjoyed it uh, and mm-hmm. this was a different director this was Lee Wannell taking over directing duties who's about to do The Invisible Man um, and I actually was pleasantly surprised that it was a pretty solid standalone uh, you know, story in the Insidious universe. It took in the mythology of the of the of the father and all that stuff, and it was kind of a prequel because it brought you know, obviously it was Lin Shea was in it and stuff. But yeah. I found myself just caring about this new character and this new story. You know, you know, because two maybe I, I enjoyed two, but you know, arguably it was a bit convoluted <laughs> to like make it all yeah. work with the first yeah. movie. Um, whereas Steve was like, no, no, this is just another story set inside this world, and there's there's uh, a couple of references to stuff for you know that it kind of syncs up and makes you realize it's in the same world but other than that it's just a really good standard little little own horror story a little haunting and it's just this uh, teenage girl who is injured in a car accident and is kind of uh, unable to walk for you know the, the duration of the film you know she, she's she got broken legs <laughs> and she's like yeah. on the mend so it makes her really vulnerable and gives it a very different distinct feel to you know the family in the house and you know and not even just that she's in an apartment building she's like you know it's not the same kind of setting at all so it kind of shakes things up enough but it still feels like an insidious movie um and given that the fourth one i thought was actually quite disappointing um yeah I think it's quite impressive that three actually worked, turned out as well as it did. So, uh, no, that's my number forty-seven. No, oh, yeah, it's a it's a great uh, movie, and I, yeah, I was also really surprised uh, again because whenever you have like some type of changeover in a franchise, it's uh, yeah, and obviously like Lee Wanell, you know, works very closely with James Wan, so it's a natural fit. Uh, but you know, you're still like a little skeptical. But I was really really surprised how much I liked this, and uh, honestly, I think it has some of the best scares of the franchise yeah yeah i actually haven't seen it since uh, the theater i haven't seen it since it came out um but uh I, yeah i've seen it a couple of times i i yeah really like it um anyway what's your number 46 <laughs> all right uh so uh this one uh you know a little more uh i guess uh varying into comedy territory but uh you know so i guess it would be like a horror comedy but uh tucker and dale versus evil just um you know really fun mm. you know little horror movie uh that you know, kind of, it, it, it's a very nice twist on like, you know, the slasher franchise and then, you know, kind of having, uh, you know, it's a really neat, fun little idea of like this perspective of, you know, th- these crazy, you know, inbred cannibal killers that are just like two normal guys and, and you know, the, the, the kind of teenagers keep accidentally killing themselves. It's, you know, really funny. There's a lot of laughs and, uh, yeah, just a nice little take on that thing. 
Yeah, it's a fun movie. Honestly, I actually forgot to consider this. Uh, I don't know if it would have would have made my list, but like, uh, I like a lot. Obviously, Alan Tudyk's in there, who I like quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and like you say, the, the running gag of the movie is that the kids have convinced themselves as these two killers after them, but they're actually just killing themselves accidentally over and over again. Um, yeah. Well, I say over. You know what I mean? Like all the different characters. There's right, no time yeah. loop elements. <laughs> um, my number forty six is a uh, Krampus from uh, twenty. 2016 whatever year that was um sounds about right yeah and i i like this as a kind of a, a gremlins-esque kind of movie where it was kind of fun and wacky a lot of practical effects it was you know they're trapped kind of in almost a snowy blizzard bubble of where the house is and all this stuff's happening to them adam scott's in there um you know i i, I dug it. it it reminded me a mood of a movie like that you might have got in the 80s um and yeah. obviously uh it was the director of Trick or Treat who did it, and obviously he went on mm. to do the new Godzilla movie. And I feel like this this was kind of perfect for him and his, his sensibilities. It was all these, you know, like various toys coming to life and Krampus itself, of course. So like, um, I was into it a lot. Uh, and you know, we don't get a lot of big Christmas horror movie releases. Obviously, there's a lot of them that exist, but in terms of stuff that's in the theaters that I can go see, yeah, very few of them exist, and they tend to suck. The ones that are released that way, uh, so. I was delighted to watch Krampus and feel like, oh, this was like an old school Christmas movie. I'm kind of into it. Oh, no, yeah, I definitely agree. Actually, I forgot to put this. Uh, I, I, this is one I, I didn't really think of uh, putting on my list. Um, you have. But <laughs> it's a good placement for it, though, because, yeah, it is it is good and fun, but, like, mm. I, I feel like the problem is it, it doesn't go far enough with the horror. Like, it's pretty tame as far as, like, you know, kills and, like, sure, yeah, really yeah. is ink or, and, uh, and not that because of the type of the movie it is like you said it feels like an 80s gremlins kind of movie like you know it admittedly you know it shouldn't be like super gory or anything but i do wish the horror was just uh you know touched up just a bit um but you know otherwise yeah really fun and then and hey if you love um you know the the Krampus character. May I uh, oh recommend the Goatman Winter Special, where uh, <laughs> which Krampus features prominently in? Uh, so you can check that out. It's available now. <sighs> yeah. So who who wrote Goatman the Winter <laughs> Special, Tim? Who's behind that? Oh, that would be me. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you shall. Um, what is your number forty-five? <sighs> so uh, this one. So uh, I I just had a you know horror comedy before. Uh, before and then this I guess technically you wouldn't label as a comedy like uh, off the back but after you watch it uh, it was probably one of like the horror movies I laughed at the most <laughs> in like recent memory uh, and that would be uh, Sadako versus Kayako so ah. you know, this is the <laughs> you know the, the ring versus the grudge um, you know it seems like a it's funny because like I don't, can't really think of too many foreign movies that we've seen like a versus of but um when it was announced i was like okay that sounds weird but i'll be interested to see and then uh watching it it was so much crazier and more bizarre than i thought was thinking it would be and uh i think it's you know not necessarily a a well-made movie or anything like you know but it's so balls to the wall crazy and insane that i think it's well worth a watch and it's, it's just super fun and uh, and again you get like i couldn't help but laugh so much throughout it as an experience <laughs> i will say that um i it's funny i, I feel like i've forgotten like 90 percent of it like i feel like it's so I, I i vaguely remember them having to find a vcr to play the tape early on i vaguely remember like a like a sort of like psychic character who's got like a girl yeah. helper 
and I remember a little bit of the fight, but like yeah. I, I need to revisit that one at some point. Uh, but that is uh yes, that is your forty-five. <laughs> My number forty-five is actually uh, I know I have got one that's uh, kind of recent from this year, and that is the Perfection. This was a uh, the movie that uh, ended up as a Netflix release, and it's um about these two uh, musicians, these two 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 women who are traveling together, and one of them gets very sick and. Uh, you know, as if they've caught some sort of plague or maybe even a supernatural disease or something like that. And I can't even tell you any more than that because the movie has so many <laughs> twists and turns and when you realise what it's actually about. Let's just say it goes places. It goes places and it was one where when we were talking about it earlier this year, it was like, a lot of it was like, holy shit, and then it went here and then it did this and then it, it pulled this trick on us. Um very interesting. They had a couple of good good performances as well. Uh, you had uh, Logan Browning from Dear White People, and you had uh, the, from Get Out. I can't remember her name. Alison Williams. Oh, I say over there. That's about right. I think I've yeah. done it. I think I've done it. <laughs> yeah, look at me. I'm dead smart. Um, <laughs> but and of course, a great Stephen Weber has like you know really <laughs> truly you know horrible character. <laughs> Um, he 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 definitely gets a part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely gets a a memorable, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a yeah, this is a a really great movie. Uh, I yeah, I like this quite a bit. And then the, that ending shot is is really great. And yeah, like like you said, there's a lot of twists and turns. It keeps it very uh, interesting all throughout. And um, yeah, and then you know, it's another one of these. You know, kind of movies that I feel like, uh, you know, a good thing for the decade is you know a lot of uh, like socially relevant stuff, and there's oh, sure, like you yeah. know an aspect of that uh, in it, which is really cool. Yeah, a lot, lot of social relevant stuff in these these uh, this decade overall. Uh, so, what was your number forty four? Uh, so another somewhat recent one, uh, an anthology movie uh, I liked quite a bit called uh, Nightmare Cinema. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think it's a really solid movie. I was surprised at, you know, uh, with anthology movies, it's always hard because it's like, you know, all right, sometimes you get, you know, maybe one good one, a couple of okay ones or whatever. But I think almost everyone, with the exception of like, you know, the last, <laughs> the very last story, I think um, these were all like really solid, uh, you know, and to the point where there was like a few that was like, oh, wow, this is like really, really good. Um but yeah, it was a, I like this one quite a bit. That that this one almost made the list for me. It, like obviously that last story sucked. Um, the other <laughs> anthology that could have made my list but didn't was Southbound, because again there's a couple of really good stories in that one. But you know, so ultimately I ended up with no anthologies. I have no anthologies oh. on my list. But <laughs> but it's not because there's not some great stories in some of the anthologies that came out this year. But none of them, because even even Holidays for example had a few that I really liked. But then I'll oh, quite yeah. a number that I didn't like. So as what it is so, but yeah sometimes it's hard to rank because it's like all right well this one's really good and e- even when there's ones that you like you like more than others so it's kind of hard to get it up there but yeah i, I feel you it's hard to compare them to other movies where it's just you know one the movie's just the, the movie whereas with an anthology yeah. there's like well am i rate am i comparing the best part of this movie to this movie or am i comparing sure. the average of all these stories which it's, it's hard to think about uh, my number 44, though, is uh, Late Phases, which is a, an, another werewolf movie, actually, uh, that I just watched this year in, in sort of an effort to catch up because I'd, I'd seen some recommendations for it. And the pitch for this one is really interesting. It's this old sort of army vet who's blind. This blind man joins a 
retirement community and one of his neighbours on his first night there is killed by a werewolf and he has a month till the next full moon to prepare himself so he can fight the werewolf when it comes back. The idea being that this werewolf like preys on this community because it's like easy prey, right? It's you know it's all these old people who people are expecting to die anyway soon, right? As, as morbid as that sounds, and this yeah. guy's like, no, I'm going to save these people. I'm going to fight this werewolf, and he's this kind of like hard ass character who's kind of likable and speaks his mind, but he's blind. Yeah. It's a blind man prepping to fight a werewolf. <laughs> now, the the fault of this movie to, to compare it to Hull. The werewolf in this looks like absolute cheap shit. Like, he looks terrible. <laughs> but uh, the character and the prep and all that stuff and the, the kind of the central story of it is what makes it really work. And it's this old man who's not willing to go down. Like, he's he's, he's not willing to go down without a fight. And it's it's kind of a good little character piece. And, you know, uh, just a really interesting little movie, which I, I recommend people check out. So, Yeah, no, I, I like this one a lot. And uh, I think it might have fallen under a lot of people's radars. But, like, I, I, I think I watched it, like... A little earlier in in the year, because um, I did also watch it this year. But I think yeah, I was like earlier. I think I just kind of stumbled upon it, and I was like, "Has anyone seen this? this? Is good?" And I had like one friend that was like, "Oh no, it's really good. You should definitely check it out." And mm. um, yeah, I, I think it's great. Like the yeah, I agree. Yeah, the effects aren't great on it, but uh, it's really like the you know the main character is so uh, yeah. It, it I guess that you'd say likable. Like you know, he is a hard ass for sure, but like. You know, it, it, but you still like him. You still want to root for him and everything. And it, yeah, it's cool to see him like preparing and, and taking these uh, things out. And so, yeah, th- this is a surprising one that's actually because, uh, yeah, I feel like, y- like you said, you, you might see some recommendations for it, but it's not one people talk about like a ton. But it is like a very solid movie, especially, you know, when you're talking about werewolf movies, there aren't like, you know, <laughs> always a ton of great ones. So it's cool that, <laughs> you know, when there is. Yeah, no, no. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this. It was a nice little. I liked that it wasn't just like constantly. I I, I loved that it was like a werewolf at the start. And it's like okay, you've got a month, and then we don't yeah. get werewolves again until the end of the movie because it's like no, you've got a month to get ready. Um, and there's also obviously the mystery of who is the werewolf, you know, and who's you yeah. know what's this, what's that, um, and that's good. So. And the and hey, if you like werewolves and you want more werewolf comics, uh, <laughs> you can check out President Werewolf coming in uh, 2020 <laughs> by me, of by, course. By you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, what's your uh, your 43, Tim? Uh, so I think, uh, like, when I think about the decade, uh, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Like I said, uh, like, I think social relevance is something we saw a lot in horror movies. And another thing I, I think that we saw a lot throughout the decade uh, was, like, just the idea of technology and how that affects our lives and how we interact with it. And I don't think most movies handle it well. Uh, I think a lot just had very, you know, surface level takes on it that were very boring. You mean but like friend that- quest? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think Unfriended was one of the few examples that actually did something really interesting in it. And it um, and then this was another one that was a surprise to me because it looked like really just like a cheap, you know, gimmicky ploy or whatever. Um, that was just like, oh, this is just like another kind of version of a found footage movie or whatever. But no, it's actually like different and good. Uh, and you, you probably could have been like a little better. Like some of the characters were annoying. But I mean, I guess that helps you know when you want to see them uh, get killed and stuff but uh, you know the way it uses the technology and kind of slowly unravels the story through it was actually really cool and interesting yeah I, honestly this was quite impressive i was expecting it to be horse shit and 
it did this great thing where because you're always on this character's computer screen, you can see when she's typing something or looking at something else or like, and all these little things would tell you, inform you about what she's thinking or about like a secret about someone else that's on the Skype call or something. You know, there was all these little things that helped tell the story and it was quite impressive because of that. Um, so... Honestly, you take out the last like ten seconds, which they they, cause they, oh, they, yeah. they do yeah. this cheap jump scare thing at the end. I'm like, no, you take out that last ten seconds, and the movie's like this great little experimental film. Definitely. So, no, good stuff. Uh, all right, uh, my number forty three is Cult of Chucky, which mm-hmm. uh, was the uh, seventh, yeah, seventh Chucky movie, right. and the original <laughs> continuity. Uh, with Don Mancini uh, writing and directing, who of course was the writer of every movie in the original continuity, and is working on the TV show that is continuing the continuity. Um, but you know, I like Curse of Chucky, which came earlier in the decade, and then this one came out like twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think we did the entire franchise building up to this one coming out. And Call of Chucky is a <laughs> solid little movie uh, you know it's, it's got this setting of being in a mental hospital and it's got a character from the previous film but it, it just like what I think I loved about it is that it just like embraced the entire franchise like because this, yeah. this this franchise a couple of times felt like it rebooted right like, you know Bride of Chucky was kind of this this uh, I was moving my cat uh, it was kind <laughs> of this uh, almost reboot into like more of a straight horror comedy and it was all the jokes about being a doll and sex and yada 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 Seed kind of continued that and then Curse kind of course corrected again to be more of a serious horror movie where you weren't even sure if it actually had all the other movies in, the, in continuity. It wasn't until towards the end of the film that it kind of revealed, no, everything that happened did happen and there's some references to it. This movie just kind of embraced everything and like brought things back from early in the Child's Play movies and brought tons of shit back and like they're just going nuts with the eyes. Like, what can, what, what can, where can we can take this Chucky story next? And I feel like it's just being inventive and saying, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's have the idea, which I mean, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say, this movie poses the idea of, can he be in more than one doll at once? Can there be multiple Chuckies running around? And is that terrifying? <laughs> or hilarious? <laughs> is the yeah. case maybe. So, yeah, no, I, call it Chucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's uh, yeah, really fun. Uh, I, I like the setting. I like the new ideas it brings, and uh, it's cool that, like, you know, it's surprising that after, you know, Bride and Seed, which, um, you know, especially Bride, like, I think there's fun stuff in there, but it, you know, it it just seems like such a joke at that point. But the fact that they were able to turn it around and actually make like, you know, pretty good like horror movies back out of it mm. um while still embracing the continuity they don't need to make a sequel to number one <laughs> you know yeah, like no, I, I, so many I, movies do the, the the status quo at the end of this movie is so interesting and flipped that i actually like i can't wait to see the tv show just because like yeah. it'll continue <laughs> from there it'll be like okay this is where we ended so yeah. and and i feel like i was never a huge like chucky person like i you know i like the child's play movies growing up but like i was never you know, like a huge fan and, and i feel like these last two movies like really like you know made me a little bit more of a fanboy for him because it's like oh like yeah they're still actually doing interesting stuff with these yeah in, in on the remake i would say one two uh curse and cult are all really good and i, I think braid's a solid watch three's not yeah. good but it has some moments uh yeah. seed's the only one that i kind of fly out kind of hate <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what no, I, I agree yeah it's definitely one of the most like consistent of the you know big horror franchises so yeah uh so what's your 42 
Uh, so an- another uh, kind of comedic one, uh, the final girls. Uh, mm. You know, it's a really fun, uh, you know, little uh, horror idea of, uh, you know, uh, these horror fans getting sucked into like a, uh, a horror movie, like a slasher franchise. It's uh, and again, this is probably like the another thing that I feel like we've kind of seen throughout the decade was uh and not just in horror and other things too but just like you know things being a little more meta like you know having like a lot of interesting like you know genre takes and everything and uh yeah i thought this was a really well done version of that um the only reason why it's really solid but the reason why it's kind of lower on my list is i don't think the horror aspect again is that great in it like if um if they could have like you know taking like the really interesting idea and the horror aspects and the meta aspects of it but then also you know had like better kills and you know a, a little more horrorness to it i, I think uh this actually would have been a lot more solid but uh i mean it's still like a really good fun watch but uh yeah i think it could have been a little better on, on that one aspect but mm. yeah <laughs> um i was quite impressed with the final girls um Although it's not necessarily the horror elements that make it impressive. I mean, sure. 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 I, I think it's worth, it's worth saying that, yeah, if they'd made it R-rated and went, you know, a bit more all out with the kills, yeah, that would have been really suitable. Uh, mm-hmm. But luckily, the actual key story it's telling that has the heart, which it does have, is actually really good. So it doesn't rely upon the kills to make it work. So uh, that's because it is what it is. Uh, my number 42. Now, let me make this clear. This is this is favorites, not best. And, okay. <laughs> and interesting. This is a movie that I I was pleasantly in love with it when I saw it originally. When we watched it again for the show, I just loved it even more. <laughs> My number forty two okay. is Texas Chainsaw three D. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love this movie. This movie is wonderfully stupid, and I, I am just filled with gleeful joy. And I will say it, that after the original, this is my favorite in the franchise. I like it more than two. I like it more than three. I like it more than the remake and everything else. Like, And it's just, no. it's so stupid. It's, it's full of stupid moments and stupid ideas. It is proper cheesy B-movie nonsense. You know, I I don't think I I like genuinely love a bad line of dialogue quite like uh, do your thing, cuz uh, <laughs> uh, towards the end of that movie. Uh, and I remember, you know, I I was with friends watching it. This was when I was in college or university, whatever. And like I went to see this. I remember me and someone else just sitting laughing like constantly at how stupid some of the things that were happening were. And it was like one of the most fun experiences I had that year at the theater, uh, and honestly, it holds up for for the for the reasons why I like it. It holds up. Yeah, I, this is one that I tentatively had on my list because, uh, yeah, like similar to you, I I, I remember watching it <clears throat> originally. And I, I think I kind of just you know brush it off as being eh, whatever it's kind of stupid yeah, but you then when we rewatch yeah, yeah you didn't believe me i said this was going to be great <laughs> and then you didn't believe me and then you had to eat crow <laughs> yeah when, when i rewatched it for the show it's like you know what this is actually pretty fun it's and again like you said yeah it's uh not like we're not talking about like good here but like it's you know in terms of like fun movies it is a, a really fun watch uh i wouldn't put it as high as my second favorite in the franchise uh but i can 
maybe three or four, possibly. Um, no, it, that's a yeah, it is surprisingly very solid. <laughs> yeah, I wish you forty one. Uh, so we're kind of talking about it a little bit, uh, but uh, Curse of Chucky um, mm. again. It's um, you know I'm just really impressed by the course correction they were able to do here, and uh, there's you know the movie itself I think is pretty good. Uh, it, you know I think it could be better, but um, again when you're talking about stuff that's surrounding it, uh, I love that you know it's still like the original creator is still involved. I love that they you know, make it a horror movie again after kind of being, you know, regulated to that, like, you know, cheesy kind of comedic territory. I love that <clears throat> they still embrace all the continuity and, um, yeah, I think it's just like a solid, <laughs> you know, fun movie. Yeah. Uh, my number 41, I think it's our first repeat actually. We've, we've went, you know, uh, eight and nine movies without a repeat, but, uh, uh so, uh, Unfriended is my number 41. Um, oh, nice. like I was saying earlier, very impressed with how it used the, the gimmick to tell the story. And even the idea that the, the inciting incident for the supernatural element was a video that was shared online. So everything about it is, you know, based kind of in the, the internet and the social media and the, the way people talk and treat each other online and all that stuff. So... Uh, thematically all makes sense and like i say i think what makes it work though is the way it tells its story using you know not just dialogue and what they're saying but what she's doing on the screen what is she googling what is she clicking on what is, you know like e everything tells the story and i think that's really impressive so uh there you go my friend what is your number 40 mm -hmm. I, I just realized i have like a, a theme with like the <laughs> my next three but <clears throat> this, uh, <laughs> my, my number wait why is that hack to have a theme because <laughs> you've just you've just put three similar movies together without thinking about it so you, you've not that's not what i did this is this is all based on merit it's a merit-based <laughs> list how do i how do um, i doubt i highly doubt this but go on you go <laughs> the, my, my number 40 of course is you know the one the only the boy i mean what else can you say <laughs> about this movie that we haven't said? Uh, it feels like we've been talking about it for a decade. At this point, <laughs> it does. It, uh, it freaking does. Yes. But no, that's just a solid movie with a you know very interesting, unique premise with a batshit crazy ending, uh, which I love. Uh, and no, it's just solid, decently well made. Uh, it's an easy way to kind of you know uh separate if someone is a good judge of character or not like if, you know, if, you, if you want the kind of movie where you can be like all right are we gonna get along do you like this movie okay cool uh but i mean if even if you don't like the movie you, you gotta give it up for the content that it's given us alone. <laughs> i think we've had so I... many jokes and stuff about it that i'm just relieved it's not higher <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm realist, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> uh, hey, just because I love the movie, it's not like, it, you know, it's, it's not like top 10 material, but, you know, hey, if you're talking about cultural impact, if you're talking about, cultural you know, <laughs> also, also, Tim, you said you're a realist, like two weeks ago, you said The Boy 2 might be the first horror movie to break a billion dollars at the box office. Am I? <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> I know. I know it will not. Well, we we shall see. I'll be very excited when you you're forced to eat your hat on that one. Tim, a... I don't even think it's going to break two hundred million at the box office. Never mind two or one billion. 
Anyway, national CMA f- tickets I buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number forty is the Black Coat's daughter, aka February, depending on your location. Uh, this is a cool little movie about an all-girls school, and everyone's went away for the holidays. And it's Kieran uh, Shipka who wants to play Sabrina, and is it Lucy Hale is the older girl? I can't remember her name, but she popped on a few things around this time. Um, and it's kind of the slow and burn. And Emma, yes, and Emma Roberts is kind of in a different part of the story, but um, it's this slow burn psychological. There might be some like devil worship or something going on, and it's it kind of got a creepy atmosphere that builds really nicely. Um, yeah, this was a surprising little one because it kind of came out of nowhere for for us, I think, and uh, I, I really appreciated the the slow burn of it of it all. Uh, I really felt the atmosphere the entire time, and the mystery was kind of cool. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if if you remember, I wasn't really hot on this one. I don't know. I, I just didn't do it for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say it's like necessarily a, a poorly made movie, but uh, I just couldn't really get into it. But surprisingly, though, I'm excited for uh, this guy's next movie. The uh, that was it uh, Gretel and Hansel. Yes. Uh, so I, I actually think that looks really good. Um, so. Uh, I'm intrigued by it. The, the director has some chops for sure, but just just one just didn't really work for me that well. All right. Well, we're establishing <laughs> who's trustworthy. Uh, what is your number thirty nine? Uh, so I guess I I kind of had like a little bit of a dull block <laughs> for these last three. <laughs> I'm so, shocked. I'm absolutely yeah. shocked. So yeah, Curse of Chucky, the boy, and then uh, Cult of Chucky. Uh, so yeah, another repeat here. Uh, no, I agree with everything you said. Like this is a really, <clears throat> you know, like interesting, cool movie. I, I like all the ideas it brings, and I like, um, you know, that it's kind of, it, you know, Curse was like the return to its horror form, and then this was kind of like taking that and just amping it up where it's like, all right, yeah, uh, so we're back to horror, but now we're doing more interesting ideas and, uh, you know, cool kills um and yeah just like a lot of really fun interesting ideas and like you said it makes you uh, very intrigued to see where the story's gonna go so hopefully uh tv show comes out soon because i yeah definitely want to see what's up with that yeah uh my number 39 is i am not a serial killer which is a so again another sort of low budget i mean a lot of horror movies are low budget let's be honest but like this is a about a teenager who's a bit of a sociopath <laughs> Um, who is kind of obsessed with death and his mother works at the morgue and he kind of helps her and he's got this really unhealthy attitude and doesn't seem to like care about people or anything around him but the plot of the movie is that he starts to suspect that his neighbor is a serial killer because there's, there's been like kids going missing and it's set during winter and his neighbor is played by christopher lloyd uh and it's a really fantastic little role for him that's very different than normal and he starts following his neighbor and spying on him and ultimately you know maybe he sees something maybe he doesn't um but lawyers get a great performance the kids get a great performance um and it's kind of this idea of like you know obviously the core human story is like maybe this kid does kind of actually care about people you know otherwise why is he trying to stop a serial killer um and I just thought it was a really nice little, again, it's one of these little ones where the shooting still is going for that indie kind of drama thing. There's a lot of shaky camera. There's a lot of uh, uh, kind of intimate sort of, you know, a lot of the movie takes place between these two houses and just the streets in this small town. And it has the, the snowy wintery setting and there's a lot of 
but there's some really good suspenseful stuff when you actually see a kill happen at one point uh it, it it's a really nice little like five minute set piece of like all the different parts that go into it um the, honestly the reason why it's not higher because i actually think it's a really well-made movie is uh i just think the ending's not perfect like it, may, okay. it would probably be a fair bit higher if the ending really stuck the landing to what the, the standard of the rest of the movie was but uh as, as i still recommend it though and think it's well worth watching for uh the the core performances and the the creepy vibes that it gives you so um we yeah. we didn't do this on the show right no no okay because i was like wait i don't think i've seen this but then i was like <laughs> i didn't want to say it if it if i was like oh yeah i never saw it you're like what are you talking about we did an episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> that has uh, happened that has happened before <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I, I think i keep getting i i think i keep getting this mixed up with like um what was it like the summer of 84 or something oh, right, yeah uh which you know like, because that was like another one about like you know some kids thinking that someone was like a killer or whatever but mm. uh yeah that one i wasn't so hot on but uh, i'll have to check this out because yeah that sounds pretty good and yeah it just seems like it'd be fun to see uh christopher lloyd back in action yeah yeah very different role for him because obviously you usually like christopher lloyd and here he's maybe maybe a serial killer um uh but and- i i could see him though like doing that kind of intent especially like you know mm. being older now like you know i can see him doing like an intense uh character like that yeah uh what is your number 38 so uh, i think this was one i was uh you know uh, a, a bit uh yeah um geez, i don't know why i'm having trouble uh thinking of what to say I, I like this one a lot more than you uh but uh satan slaves this was a mm. indonesian horror film i believe um and it, it kind of reminds me of like a like a, a f- the foreign version of like Conjuring almost because you know it's a very like you know kind of tight knit family uh, movie that starts uh, experiencing some you know paranormal supernatural stuff and uh, you know the, essentially it's a it's a haunted house movie um, that you know there's a little bit of a kind of a twist at the end uh, but I think you know it's just one of those ones that's just you know uh, I like the atmosphere of it uh, yeah I think it's interesting kind of seeing this like haunted house movie, but you know, from like a, you know, different like cultural perspective. And, you know, I think the scares are very well done. I think it's some like legitimately creepy moments, but uh, I, I really like this one. Hmm. Um, I, I felt it was a bit more generic, so I wasn't super, as super into it as you were, but yeah, fair enough. Um, hmm. So uh, my number 30 is a film from last year. It is called Cam. came out on Netflix. Uh, uh, yeah. And this is about a cam girl who essentially, st- you know, is replaced by a doppelganger and has no understanding of who this doppelganger is or what's happening to her account. And uh, it's very much about the uh, two things. It's about the, the fear of people around you if you're in that kind of lifestyle and the pressures that uh, of like stalkers and like obsession and uh, the attention that you get. But also this idea of giving yourself over to like uh the internet essentially and giving yourself over and like how your online personality is different from your own like it, it it's, it's very much it feels like an episode of black mirror it feels like it could have been like you could yeah. have slapped the black mirror logo on this and it felt at home um but uh really well done i thought the performance from the lead actress was really good and i thought it had some really cool moments and visuals and it played with a really simple concept, and it never felt like it took the the her her profession lightly. It never felt like it was making fun of her. Yeah. In fact, it was written by an ex cam girl, which is why it felt so authentic. And um, I think it, uh, you know it was an interesting. It was, it was very unique because it was this unique type of character that I've never seen a horror movie be based around it before. Um, it's, it's one of those things that we're kind of seeing, I guess, kind of like unfriended and other stuff where 
we're starting to base horror movies around uh, types of people and types of technology that never existed before. And as a result, uh, we're getting these unique views and unique ideas. Um, and if they're like this and they actually have some depth to them and really explore kind of the, you know, and have something to say about them, uh, it can be quite yeah. good. So that's Cam. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of good things about it. Like you said, it's, um, yeah, like showing you like a, kind of the, the lifestyle of this uh, you know type of person that I feel like, you know, people don't always see uh, and, and it feels authentic because, yeah, it is written by someone that did that. And um, not just like a really cool, you know, like horror element to it. And uh, again, like, you know, some of the stuff that we like themes throughout the decade that you see, like the social relevance stuff and the, you know, technology stuff. It's, uh, you know, incorporates a lot of that into it, which, uh, yeah, is really, really well done. But yeah, this cam is very solid. Yeah, which thirty seven. Uh, so that would be unfriended dark web. Uh, so Ooh. I, I think uh, yeah, I, I like this slightly more than the original. Uh, I, I think maybe I just kind of like the story and the characters a little bit more. And uh, again, it's another one of those things where, uh, you know, it, it could have easily kind of fallen into you know the, a gimmick from the first one. But I like that you know, they still found new and interesting ways to kind of keep it fresh. And I was a little more engaged in, in, in the story in this one. Um, but no, it's again, just a lot of like really cool. Fun yeah. Stuff I, I think it does a really smart thing at the start. Cause I wasn't sure. Cause I didn't want a sequel. I thought, no, that's, that's, that's worked once. I don't think you can do it again. Right. And the thing it does right at the start is that it tells us that the person who's using this laptop stole the laptop from someone else and instantly say, oh, okay, that's interesting actually. And there's like, you know, there's all these things of, like, you know, finding all this weird stuff. Um, I do think that... I like the story as well, but I thought the ending bugged me, though. Uh, it sure. felt like yeah. there, there was a... The, the final moments... Uh, but not, I mean, as much as the final scene in the original movie bugged me, it didn't affect really what the rest of the movie was. Whereas this, yeah. I, I kind of hated how it... It almost normalized everything a bit too much at the end. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was all pretty good, though. I didn't like it. I, I liked the first one more, but, like, I, I get why you, you picked it. Uh, yeah. My number 37, we're getting to some of the, maybe the bigger names now, uh, is A Quiet Place. Mm. Um, the, you know, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, family, babies on the way, and we're in a world where if you make any noise at all, these monsters or aliens or whatever they are will come and get you and they will kill you. So they have to be quiet the whole time. There's a lot of whispering, a lot of sneaking around, and uh, wonderful use of attention. Very unique experience in the theater because it's so quiet yeah. so much. Um, and honestly, like you know, this was the one I was looking forward to, and it mostly lived up to what I wanted it to be. I do think uh, I had a couple of critiques, particularly with the third act, uh, that kind of maybe stopped it from being amazing. So it'd be interesting to see if the sequel kind of uh, improves upon it, uh, or or maybe doesn't, as the case may be, but. Uh, obviously it's full of really great set pieces um, and is very well directed and it was Krasinski who directed it interestingly so um, and I think he's directing the second one too even though obviously yeah yeah I think at first he said he wasn't really interested in doing it and then I think yeah he later came out and was like oh no we got a good idea so yeah Mm. I'm gonna take it on but um, no it's cool yeah I think there was like some uh, story elements about it that maybe felt like a little cheap or whatever but like the but it was just so much fun, like, you know, playing with these rules, you know, that they establish. And um, and again, it's just like it's a very simple idea, but it's a very fun one that they execute really well. So, yeah, very solid. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> what is your number 36? 
so it's another repeat one you talked about a little earlier, but that would be late phases. Um, yeah, again, <laughs> just like a yeah, very solid uh, werewolf pick, and uh, yeah, uh, you know maybe some of the kills and effects could have been better, but really it's the you know story of this uh, you know this man, this retired badass uh, who, like you know you can tell he's like really doesn't you know he hates kind of being like in this community and, and having to be reliant on anyone, but I like that he you know still like accepts like becoming a part of it and yeah kind of feels like it's his duty to protect these people and stuff and it's uh and even though he's like you know hard like you you do kind of come to love him and root for him and yeah it's just really solid fun cool idea for a movie my number 36 is revenge which came out last Mm. year and essentially it's a rape revenge movie uh i suppose when you boil it down to what it is uh very stylistic though i love how it's shot um the lead character, like she, her kind of like rise uh, back is great. I think what put this over the edge for me in terms of getting on this list and to this slot was probably the final 20, 30 minutes of Cat and Mouse and mm-hmm. the, the sort of the, the, the actual chase between her and the, or I guess the main villain as it were. Um, but obviously it's uncomfortable in places as, as a movie like this should be, but um, very pretty to look at. There's all this sort of nice locations out in, out in France and uh lots of uh you know bright vivid colors and uh, it really you know like g- gets to this point where she has to kind of get really tough to kind of fight back and the the the, the cat and mouse stuff at the end is really good it really, that's pro- i guess it's when it gets its most inventive and mm-hmm. um there's one thing actually which is probably true is that i mean i haven't actually went through and counted like how many of these movies in my top 50 are directed by women uh, so, i mean it's probably relatively a small amount uh in yeah. the grand scheme of things but i am willing to bet you it's more than if, if we did top 10 for the 2000s which we probably will do at some point uh, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you the numbers went up and this was uh, one of the, sure. one of the, uh, the female directed movies so yeah. um uh, I'm pointing that out because I, I think it's uh, good for the type of story it is to have it be a female voice. You oh, know? totally. Yeah. Uh, when we're dealing with this this particular subject, it makes a lot of sense to have it be from it's... that perspective. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that you know we've seen a lot of uh, examples of <clears throat> that kind of story that just feels like gratuitous and mm-hmm. um, you know kind of kind of like icky uh, to watch. And uh, yeah, there definitely are hard, like really hard parts of this to watch. But uh, again, the the style is so good and then uh what you want from these movies is i mean it's the title of the movie you want to see the person get their revenge and um sometimes it's not always handled the best but like this movie you're rooting for this person so much and every time you know she gets the drop on like one of these guys it's so satisfying that it's a yeah there's a really terrific little film Mm. uh what is your number 35 so uh that would be one that you said is not going to be on your list but guess what it's on mine <clears throat> that is southbound um oh. i uh yeah so another anthology movie i really really like this one uh actually i think i watched it tw- yeah I, I saw it twice i saw it once in theaters i was playing at a small theater out here and then once again for the show but i really want to go back and watch it again because i i really really like it, it, it like a lot of anthologies not every story is perfect um but I think it has like really interesting idea and concept around it. And the ones that are done well are done really, really well. I think especially the, the surgery one, the surgery one mm-hmm. is so damn good. I love that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think this movie's a blast. Um, uh, so really fun. 
No, no, Seth Meyers was really good, but as you say, one or two stories I didn't like as much. But definitely yeah. that that and Nightmare Cinema are definitely the two anthologies that I liked the most of the decade. Uh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put either on my top fifty just because <laughs> you know. Uh, hard to compare them but uh, my number 35 is one that you weren't that keen on actually uh, from 2016 this is The Monster uh, or was it 2017 maybe 2017 but oh right 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 yeah, yeah. this is uh, <laughs> took me a second to think of what it was yeah this is um... oh god what's her name from from the big sick Zoe Kazan, what's he? Zoe Kazan? That's, that's not right. Anyway, uh, she, I can she, picture it in my head. I yeah. can't think of the name. She's uh, this mother, and she's kind of a shitty mother, and she's taking her, her daughter uh, to live with her dad and just sort of get rid of her. And that's kind of the human drama of the story, but the car breaks down, and there's a monster sort of in the in the woods, and uh, it's coming to get them. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a metaphor about, you know, the monster that she is to her daughter that... But through this, maybe she, like, sort of, like, does the right things and tries to save her, and and whatever, and maybe the idea that our daughter can kind of like still come out of this okay, and so on and so on. But uh, I just really like again. This is kind of this simple idea where a lot of the movie is like once they've broken down, they're on this one bit of road, and they're there for a long time. But you know, until you know, they're, they're very just secluded, and uh, it's raining the whole time. I think the monster looks pretty cool. Uh, some interesting effects and uh, performances from both uh, the you know the adult and the kid are both pretty solid and. Um, for for me, this like you know because it gave it some weight behind it, and the flashbacks of seeing like how much of a shitty mother she's been, and how how she's neglected her daughter, and how this is kind of her last chance to really do something for her, uh, really kind of you know I, I thought it worked well enough. It was a you know, lean ninety minute movie that, that I don't know, had a lot of good beats. I thought, and I, I was really into the middle of it the whole time. Yeah, needed more monster for me. <laughs> ah, such a simpleton. Such a simpleton. All right, Tim, what is your number 34? Uh, so another repeat here. You mentioned it earlier, but uh, Paranormal Activity 3, um, which, uh, you know, it was kind of funny because I, I was um, thinking about stuff to add to the list, and then I was like, this doesn't really feel like of the decade to me, <laughs> maybe because it takes place in the past, but I was surprised when I looked it up that I was like, oh no, this this counts. And then, uh, I mean, I think it was early, like it's 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, but, which, which I guess is <laughs> old at this point, but uh, no, I, I was happy to include it on there. Um, yeah, like everything you said, it's like, you know, um, it's very inventive uh, with what it does. Um, I like that it, it stands out and it's different. It has really cool, simple ways of, you know, getting the scares and um, yeah, it's uh, it's just you know, really solid. And uh, I like that. It's, it definitely stands out to me as being probably like the best of the franchise, which, um, you know, isn't the best franchise. You know, a lot of it does, you know, end up being kind of same Z and kind of plays off the usual found footage tropes uh, that we have, but no, th- this one stands out as being actually like, pretty good. No, I mean, I said my piece, I, I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number thirty-four is uh, the Conjuring Two, which I do think is better than the first one. I think I love how inventive it gets. I love uh, it. It has a bit of a kitchen sink attitude to it, but I think the reason why I like this one more is because this one really focuses on, on Ed and Lorraine and makes them kind of the main characters that we care about, as opposed to the family. And the family are still there, and we still care about them a little bit. But it's really about their their kind of romance with each other, their their, their relationship. Uh, and to the point where you're actually kind of like worried more about one of them getting killed during the big final climax than you are 
about any of the any of the kids or whatever like do you care about them yeah. it feels like it really puts them at the forefront of like okay it's almost like uh you know like when we're watching ghostbusters we're not following the people who are like being haunted we're 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 following the ghostbusters being called out to do it and i'm not i'm not comparing this to ghostbusters in the in tone or style and all that but just in the sense that it feels like no our main characters are the the ghost hunters not the the family who are being haunted this time um yeah. whereas i think the first one v i mean it wasn't i wouldn't say it was definitely just the family who were the main characters but it did veer more towards that i think oh, yeah totally uh yeah, there's there's a lot of really good, um, you know, like set pieces and, and scares yep. in this one, and um, unfortunately, yeah, no, it did birth like three different spinoffs, all of yeah. which I, you know, ended up sucking. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to think because it, uh, it's hard because some of the stuff like since there are so many like, you know, the same characters in different ones, sometimes it kind of gets jumbled around. But this is the one that has like the scare where it's like uh the shadow is going across the room and then into the painting right yeah yeah it has crooked man one of my favorite parts of the movies yeah. uh, uh, series it has the nun obviously <laughs> which was actually like something they added like after the fact that was reshoots and post and stuff um, oh really yeah so and obviously it got a spin-off so yeah joe joe is so annoyed is that they started churning out annabelle so quick that annabelle got to the third movie before the conjuring's not even there yet <laughs> conjuring's not getting a third movie till next year oh so weird um but hey uh, we'll probably have annabelle ford before long yeah <laughs> she watched she watch um all right what's your number 33 uh so number 33 is 10 cloverfield lane um you know and this is uh, i was kind of debating this for a while because i i really really like the movie but I was trying to think, like, uh, you know, when you get really nitpicky about something, it's like, would you call this a horror movie? It's like, um, you know, I don't know if you want to say there's some sci-fi elements or maybe if it feels more like a th- like a thriller or anything. But it's like, uh, whatever. I don't care. I'm just going to put it on the list. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's super solid. You know, John Goodman's terrifying in it. Um, it's a it was really cool to see you know him in this role where, uh, and, you know, and it's that creepy, like you know, thing where he's not like, like yelling and screaming at you and threatening you, but he's just like, he's like, you know, that something's off about him and you're not quite sure what he's capable of, but you kind of slowly learn more and more like throughout the movie, what he can do. Um, and it's, uh, but it's, it's really cool, like engrossing, uh, film with like really interesting performances and, uh, the end maybe gets like a little, I don't mind the ending, but it definitely does kind of feel like a little bit against like what, you know, most of the movie is about, but like, uh, it's still cool. But, uh, yeah, I like this a lot. I like to Cloverfield a lot as well, actually. Um, good performances. John Goodman's great. Just say, I love the claustrophobia. I love that it is all set yeah. in this bunker and you're left to wonder until quite late on, like, you know, is there any truth to all this stuff that you're saying about the outside world? Yeah. Um, so really, really good. Um, um, my number 33 is one that we did in the show a few years ago it's called eyes of my mother it was all in black and white and i'll be honest the actual story of this i i can't actually recollect a lot of it i can tell you that you know this girl goes through some traumatic stuff as a kid and then becomes dangerous herself when she's older uh but it's like 75 minutes long it's all black and white there's a lot of long shots of just the camera sitting there as things happen and it's a little art house horror movie and i loved it <laughs> like i loved yeah. uh, the feeling the tone 
the way he knew something was happening and the camera would just sit back in the corner and you'd see people walk out of frame and walk back into frame and it would just it would sit there they were so confident and this was like a directorial debut as well and it, it's like man this 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 director like i have to I'm, you know i'm gonna have to look up and see if the director's been on to do anything else because it's i think he he has had something else i forget what it was but it's um i don't know if it's something we did for the show or something that's coming up i'm about to find out but really stylish uh and slow burn really into it yeah no i actually like this one too uh and the yeah the style's great and then the, the opening is so like <laughs> like if you, if you just watch like that first like whatever like you know 10 or 15 minutes alone it's like you can tell you're in for like some like messed up <laughs> stuff but uh it's great oh okay so he did a movie in 2018 called piercing which we've just that's it we've just yeah. missed and uh, a man yeah, kisses I... his wife goodbye and seemingly heads away on business with a plan to check into a hotel call an escort service and kill an unsuspecting prostitute this sounds pretty good actually uh mia wasikowski's I... in it we may have to uh squeeze this in soon and yeah. he is doing something soon as well he's doing the grudge remake oh okay interesting <laughs> that movie just got far more interesting <laughs> quite frankly we shall see uh yeah i um yeah so i think piercing was the one i i, I was thinking of i remember hearing um uh, people talk about that movie i think unfortunately people said it's not as good as this one but i'm sure it's still you know worth uh checking out I mean, hell, it was intriguing enough that I'd, I'd want to, uh, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, it's not like the, the eyes of my mother's actually rated that highly in IMDb anyway, so, oh, um, okay. <laughs> you know. But for something that might appeal to our, our, our art house sensibilities, it may just hit the spot. Uh, so I want to see Pearson all of a sudden. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was my number uh, 33, eyes of my mother. What's your 32? Uh, so that would be Veronica. Uh, so from half of the team that brought us wreck. Uh, this is just another, um, you know, uh, not a haunted house movie, but like a, like a possession movie. But, uh, again, I, I thought it was just really well done. Uh, yeah. Like the atmosphere the performances are great. Um, and you know, like some generally, you know, cool, creepy, st- uh, scares. Like this is one of those ones that when it came out, you know, they had all those annoying articles about it. Like, you know, uh, oh, like people are too scared to sleep after watching this movie, which like, come on, it's not that bad. But I do think there are like, you know, uh, some generally creepy stuff in it. And uh, yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, I, that's almost been my list. I, I, I've, you know, I, I thought some of the possession tropes were a little bit, uh, well, tropey, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, just a little bit, you know, <laughs> no. by the numbers. But what really made this work was the drama and the character stuff. You know, it was this sister taking care Definitely. of her little her siblings. And it made me really care about her and her family. And it kind of did this interesting thing where, like, the whole movie's really about trying to possess her as opposed to someone who's possessed already kind of thing. And I kinda, I thought that was an interesting point of view to take it down. So, uh, no, it's really good. I, I, I just missed sort of making my list, but solid pick uh my number 32 is funnily enough 10 cloverfield lane uh and <laughs> oh close <laughs> cl- very close uh tim said a lot of obviously what needs to be said but i, I love how claustrophobic it is and the fear of starting to believe you're being held against your will uh and you're trying to sort of get around it and but you, the guy's crazy so you know uh 
So I don't really have to add much. Uh, it's talked about it already, but uh, really good. Uh, what is your thirty-one? Um, so it could be wrong. I don't think you've seen this, uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe we did an episode on it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that would be a dark song. Um, mm, no, I haven't seen this actually. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, no, we should probably do it on the show. Uh, but no, it's pretty solid. So basically, the premise is <clears throat> we have. Um, like a, a mother who's lost her son and she wants to see him again. She wants to speak to him. And so, uh, you know, uh, she hires someone to like bring him back essentially. And so, you know, that that's not like a <clears throat> necessarily original premise. You know, we, we kind of seen the, those things before people resort to magic or whatever. Yeah, to bring I'm, back I'm, a loved one. All I'm hearing is delicate to the door here. You better make this more interesting. No, no. Well, no, here, here's, <laughs> So here's what's interesting about it. <clears throat> the the movie is all about the ritual that they have to do to make this happen. So it's like this, you know, kind of magician warlock guy or whatever basically holds up uh, in a house with this woman and has to essentially like put her through, you know, all these tasks and different you know, like sacrifices and spells and stuff that she has to do. So it's, it's really fascinating uh, looking at it from that aspect where, you know, I, I feel like that's something we haven't really seen before where it's like, oh, okay, so the whole movie is about <clears throat> the, the ritual, uh, you know, that you have to do as opposed to, you know, oh, we did this thing and now, you know, this creepy kid's back and we have to run from it or whatever. It's a, it's, it's a really interesting uh take on it and then you know obviously it goes places hmm. uh stuff but i i really dig this movie yes that never ending list of movies we need to do on the show uh yeah <laughs> add, add, add it to it um my number 31 is uh going to last year and this is what you may dislike this one uh, for some i've got a vague memory <laughs> of you not liking this uh overlord okay. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know why. I, I actually, this is a weird one where me and Matt reviewed it, uh, even though it felt like it probably should have been a streams movie, um, just because Matt really wanted to see it. And uh, I, I had a blast. I, this is a great B movie. I, I, this is a great B movie with a bunch of great actors, really visceral action, and it's about you know Second World War Two, but it, the Nazis are doing these weird zombie experiments and creating these superhumans and. Um, but you know, it like it had some really good tense moments. as as a really great attitude that I thought, and I was really into it. Like I, 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 yeah, I had a blast with this movie. I have no idea why you don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it looks horrible. Uh, I think it takes way too long uh, for it to get to its premise. Like it's pretty much like an hour before you actually see any like zombies, and yeah, I all, think it takes all the hate in the house is great, Tim. No, I'm, I'm no. No, I, I think it, it's such a B-movie premise that takes itself so seriously that there's, like, no fun in it whatsoever. Like, uh, if your movie is Nazi zombies, then, you know, you need to embrace the cheese of that. Instead, they try – it's so deathly serious. I, I really did not like, oh, I kinda like any to... aspect of it. No, I, I love when B-movies take themselves seriously. I, I Like, I love, like, we're going to roll with this goofy concept, but we're going to treat it that – like, it's one thing when – it's not working and they, they treat it seriously and it feels kind of weird. But th- this reminds me of like, I don't know, like, this is not a horror movie, but I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99, for example. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just takes itself dead seriously the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
um and it feels like it's it's really well made because of it uh like and i feel the same about overlord overlord i think it's a blast so well i mean yeah obviously i'm not i don't want to argue your pick or anything but just since we didn't do it on the show that's kind of you know my short little spiel about why i didn't like it but i mean mm-hmm. it, it didn't work for me i i know that it seems like you know a lot of people did seem to like it so <laughs> all the more power to you but yeah it's not my bag uh-huh. overlord barrel on the boy uh you heard it here oh, first folks come on now, now you're being crazy come on uh, no no absolutely accurate what's your number 30 you heathen may the devil take you uh another indonesian movie uh, this one kind of like you know the other one i uh sit and slays i felt like we watched them pretty close together, but that kind of felt to me like the Indonesian version of uh, The Conjuring. This to me feels like the Indonesian version of uh, Evil Dead, uh, which, you know, just a really blast. Uh, again, not perfect. I think maybe, you know, could have been trimmed down at parts, but, uh, you know, it was a cool kind of like, uh, I guess what you, I guess not really haunted house, more maybe more of a possession thing because it's like demons and stuff uh, in it. But again, there's like you know some really fun scares and gore and um, some like legitimately like tense moments uh, and uh, yeah, really really cool movie. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, had, I had fun <laughs> with this too. Um, I, I don't think it all necessarily added up to like. You know, a hole that I liked, I, but there's a lot of good stuff in there because they, I mean, the, the ending was a bit, you know, just kind of, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think there is uh, flaws in it. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. It, to me, it's just the stuff that's good is really good and stands out to me as like uh, the kind of shit <laughs> that I like. So I, I think like mm. that's enough for me to, to really kind of propel it. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> so uh that was your 30 right yeah my number 30 yeah. is hush which is the movie where it's a very simple premise a deaf woman is home alone and a serial killer uh basically is stalking her but realizes that she's deaf and then proceeds to have try and sort of play games of cat and mouse with her and have fun with her because hey she's kind of vulnerable and i can really mess with this um and it's full of great moments and i actually think that you know may flanagan is a good director he is he's made a lot of good two-thirds of movies he's done that <laughs> a lot for me and i feel like this is the, this is my favorite of his because it's the one where i actually like the whole thing i actually like the ending um yeah. <laughs> whereas other movies all kind of falter for me once they get towards the end but uh really really good stuff um and uh yeah so yeah, that, that, I'll, I'll leave it there it's good no no it's solid it's really fun uh you know it plays well with the premise um there's a few things like i wasn't crazy about uh with it so i actually don't have it on my list but <clears throat> it is a it is like a very solid pick i i like it but yeah just uh all together um it could have been a little better but that's good <laughs> what's your 29 um <laughs> uh, I don't know if you mentioned this yet because you talked about the sequels, but mine is the uh, the first Insidious. Um, so uh, no, I mean, and again, it's a you know really solid, uh, great little. I, I feel like we've seen the twist now, but like at the time, it was you know I, it felt relatively new to be to have a haunted house movie, but be like, oh, the house isn't haunted; it's your son that's haunted. Like, oh, that's cool. And then you know, uh, like just good performances and again talking about <clears throat> you know um like you know big mainstream hollywood uh, well i guess at this time probably wasn't that big because wasn't really established yet but you know for like the 
you know, kind of Hollywood horror movies. Uh, this one was actually surprisingly well. And like, uh, I always remember, you know, when I saw it going to the theater, you know, I hadn't really heard much about it. I went like on a late Sunday night and <clears throat> I think I was like maybe one of two or three people in the theater. And then like, you know, by the end when the lights came on, like I did feel legitimately creeped out. Cause you know, it was like a lot of stuff that maybe might feel a little generic now, but at the time, like, you know, some of the scares and stuff I hadn't really seen, uh, quite like that. And, uh, yeah, it was a really well done, cool stuff in it. No, I love the mythology of Insidious. I love where it goes in the back half. And, um, if, again, it feels really playful and inventive. It keeps adding more stuff and, you know, like, cause at first I'm like, oh, it's just another haunted house movie or it's another haunted kid movie. But it very quickly starts to really dive into all this crazy stuff that kind of makes you feel like, no, there's a lot more thought into this. There's a lot more ideas yeah. here. So, yeah, I said this is great. Um, my number 29 is The Ritual. Oh, nice. Which was a movie that kind of uh, kind of slipped by for a little bit and we did it just a little bit later than, than we otherwise might have done. And it was a really impressive movie about a monster in the woods hunting these guys who are on like a, a sort of backpacking trip in Europe. They're, they're, they're there to scatter the ashes of their friend who died in, a, in an incident. And, uh, it's, it's actually about the main character who's who's kind of dealing with his guilt over being a bit of a coward and, you know, may even be partially responsible for the death of their friend. And it's kind of all about his journey and him getting over this but there's also this really cool stuff uh which i won't go into for spoiler's sake but uh, i will say where it actually goes in the last act is kind of batshit in a really cool way <laughs> and yeah. i really like how things look i'll just say and it's a, it's a directed movie as well it's really well directed so yeah no this uh i love this one this is a a bit of a surprise for me because um yeah i don't think i'd heard much uh, about it going in and then it seemed like it just popped up on netflix and and even watching it, like the beginning, it, it it's good, but it, it's not really indicative of where the movie goes. So it's like, okay, this is interesting, but what's up? And then, <clears throat> yeah, without giving too much away, uh, what it ends up going into is like <laughs> some of my like favorite stuff, uh, including, uh, you know, let's say like the designs of uh, some of the things in it uh, are unlike, yeah, you know, many things you'll see in, uh, you know, other movies and uh yeah, I really, really uh, like that aspect of it. Yeah, it's a really solid movie. Yeah. Uh, so what's your number 28? <laughs> uh, so another one that you, you had brought up uh, previously, uh, but that is Revenge. Um, yeah, you know, again, I, I, you know, I won't dwell on it too much, but yeah, it's very solid. Uh, it's dealing with subject matter that isn't always handled the best, but it's uh, they managed to incorporate so much style uh, into it and you know you just really really root for the character in this that it, it makes it so satisfying you know anytime uh you know she gets a uh, you know her revenge <laughs> uh but you know really solid <laughs> spoken like a true poet yeah. <laughs> uh my number 28 is it comes at night which is a movie that you weren't as keen on actually if i remember right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, i wasn't crazy about it uh i i really enjoyed this uh, for me like, the actual horror element of it wasn't necessarily the, the actual sort of, you know, creeping around in the dark. All that stuff looked really good. There was a lot of uh, great uses of light in that stuff. For me, this was more about just people being paranoid about each other and not trusting each other and the horror that comes from that. And I thought that stuff was handled very effectively. Some good performances, uh, some really tense moments. And, uh, yeah, so it comes at night, my number 28. 
Yeah, I don't have much to say about it because honestly, I don't remember it too much. But yeah, I just remember it not being my thing that much. That's fine. That's fine. Also better than the boy. Everything on my list is better than the boy. I mean, that's that's just straight up truth. Uh, what is your number twenty-seven? <laughs> uh, so this was one I was waffling about a bit. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's an insanely uh, great movie, but you know, it's also one of those ones where you start to nitpick about. All right, technically, is this horror? Uh, and I guess it counts enough. It'd be one of those ones where you can be like, oh, maybe more of a thriller. But again, horror thriller, what the hell is the difference? Who cares? <laughs> so my 27 is I saw the devil. I mean, come on. This movie rules, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, you know, essentially, I believe a South Korean, I think, mm-hmm. uh, film. Uh, and, you know, so essentially it's, uh, you know, there's this man uh, who, you know, has a tragedy at the beginning where a serial killer, you know, takes a wife. Uh, I believe it's his pregnant uh, wife or fiance uh, is killed by the serial killer. And uh, this guy, you know, finds out who the serial killer is. And then, you know, the whole movie is him like not even like hunting him. Well, I guess like hunting him down, but like he you know, he, he continually catches him, but he, you know, wants his revenge so much that it's never good enough for him just to, you know, kill him or turn him into the police. He's constantly like playing this cat and mouse game because he just wants to keep torturing him over and over again. So it's like this, you know, chase movie where the, you know, killer at the beginning ends up becoming like the victim, but you don't have any sympathy for him. But also it's like leading the main character, uh, you know, down such a spiral that it's like you know it's hard to feel too much sympathy for him uh but it's a really really great movie oh it's a fantastic movie uh i love it in fact uh but i i've never counted it as horror so it's not on my list <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, again i don't know it's it's a it's a tough one but uh i don't know it's it's close enough. Like, uh, you know, I don't know what else you would say would thriller or whatever, but that's yeah, a thriller, but uh, I mean, it's whatever. I'm not going to like, if you count this horror, it's on your list. You can count this horror. Um, yeah. but it, uh, it, if it was like, if it wasn't so good, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, maybe not. But it's like, uh, I want to put it on you. But that logic, like you could put like end game on here. Well, it's so good. So I'm counting it as horror. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, there aren't really any horror aspects of it. I mean, <laughs> the with this, I mean, there's, like, you know, brutal, you know, kills and gore and, you know, uh, there's a serial killer. So, I mean, what's not horror about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My number 27 <laughs> is Don't Breathe, which was... again a really fun little inventive movie sometimes i love the movies where it's just a a simple little concept and this concept is uh, some thieves break into a house to steal something uh, and they think it's going to be an easy easy job because the man in there is blind but he happens to be the most badass like crazy ass (laughs) blind man ever and it becomes this horror movie where they have to try and stay quiet because this blind man will otherwise hear them and try and you know kill them or, or whatever um and it's really fun. It's from the same director as the Evil Dead remake, which I really liked as well. And Jane Levi's in there. She's great. Stephen Lang is great as the as the old man. And uh, it it goes to some crazy places, which you know you don't. I think you expect going in. It's well worth not having it spoiled for you. Um, I know yeah. the crazy places it goes turn some people away, and they like think it sort of jumps the shark, as it were. Um, I kind of get into the absurdity of it. 
and I I think uh, Fede Alvarez, who made this, uh, seems to be consistently a director who makes roller coaster rides of movies where I feel yeah. every kind of like bit of impact. I feel every disgusting thing that happens. Everything either makes me go ooh or ah or, or you know like everything yeah. has an effect on me. Uh, and they're, they're very popcorn horror movies, but they're very well done popcorn horror movies that don't feel like they're you know they're not jump scared. I mean, there's some maybe there's some jump scares in this, but you know it's yeah. it's it, it's all very well done and tense the entire time. Um, so uh, don't breathe. Very good. No, yeah, I agree. It's funny. There's a lot of like horror movies that play with sound, like mm-hmm. <laughs> in this decade. Yes. Um, but no, there's a yeah, there's a lot of like really good tension and set pieces. Um, the, this one was close for me. I, I didn't put it on my list, uh, but um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe maybe there's a few things. Uh, I, I don't know. I could have done a bit better. I, I'm okay with the whatever you want to call it, the twist or whatever. Like, like that's fine. Maybe I don't know if I necessarily love it, but it's interesting enough. But no, it is a very solid movie though. Okay. What's your 26? What's your final entry for this part? Uh, that would be your next. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, no, you're like next. A... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This is just like a really cool, fun. I, I remember like when it was coming out, like uh, a lot of the buzz was about it was it had like, you know, like all these like different kind of horror people involved in like some of the, you know, like different roles and stuff. And, <clears throat> um, it's just a really fun movie. Um, about people <laughs> hunting people down uh but i love the kind of the incompetence of like you know the killers and um and it's another movie where again you really love the main character and you just start to really empathize with her and really want to see her get the revenge and when she does uh it's great and like you know some really cool brutal kills in it so very fun uh movie hmm yeah um I love your next. I, I think it's such a great sort of twist on the genre. Uh, one of the most badass female leads uh, of, the, of the decade. Uh, you're the final girl who's actually capable and ba- is basically like uh, has the skills of John Rambo and yeah. <laughs> what, what that leads to for all the killers that are trying to like descend upon this this house party. Uh, super fun. Now, this is one I went to see ex- expecting nothing. I went to see it to pass time with a friend and ended up loving it. And you know it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> so fantastic no I, I, I'm on board uh, my number 26 my last movie of this half um, is a you know do you know what I will say about my list is I am disappointed how little foreign films there is on it which to me says that we've not done enough from this decade um, obviously we've done some you've mentioned a couple that uh, I didn't care yeah. for as much but uh, this is a French film called Raw and oh, yeah. this is a coming of age cannibal movie about a, a girl a vegetarian or a vegan uh, who has just joined university and is a sort of hazing ritual. She is forced to eat like a piece of rabbit of some kind and it gives her this taste for blood and it's kind of, it's all very metaphorical about coming of age and her sexual sort of awakening and all these different things but uh, it's a really well-directed, well-performed movie. It has a lot of disgusting scenes of her eating various things. Oh, yeah. They really make you cringe. Um, and it's really good. Like, I... It really stuck with me when we did it. It was the kind of thing where it's like a very kind of, you know, not in your face horror movie. A lot of it is just kind of the slow burn, the slow sort of build of it, uh, and the inner sort of need kind of rising. But it, uh, yeah, it's, it stuck with me. It really stuck with me. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> there's some <clears throat> pretty grotesque scenes, but no, it's a really good movie. And uh, yeah, the you know the, the concept is good, but yeah, like you said, it's the all the coming of age and kind of like sexual awakening stuff. This like repressed person is uh, you know, really interesting and captivating. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That is the first half of our, our top 50 of the decade, uh, numbers 50 through 26. You'll be back next time with numbers 25 through number one, so you don't want to miss that, do you? I don't think you do. No, don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> you can uh, guess that. You can let us know what you think of our picks so far in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and all the usual things. You can get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight. You can support us, of course, by uh, rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. More people will find us that way. You can support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV. In fact, this is a good time to thank our Patreon producers. Uh, so thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordis, uh, Fordyce, sorry, uh, Cindy Palacios and Tyler Hess. Uh, those are our Patreon producers for the month. And that means that they are $20 and up on the Patreon tiers. Uh, but you don't have to do that, of course. If you want to support us over there, you can do it for as little as $1 per month. And that $1 will get you access to an exclusive monthly episode. We've got a back catalogue of about 12 or 13 episodes now. So uh, go over and, you know, every dollar counts, every everyone matters, and you can keep the content coming and support us and get access to some bonuses uh, for your troubles. So uh, go and do that. Uh, otherwise, though, uh, that, is, that is pretty much us. That's pretty much us. So uh, thank you once again. If you're enjoying these countdowns, uh, there's a bunch happening around the same time on, on the various shows. Uh, top 25 sci-fi of the decade happened on the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Uh, top 50 movies in general with me and Connor over in 121. Uh, we also did top 25 TV shows of the decade. There's a lot of off-decade lists happening right now um, before we get to uh, best of year stuff in a couple of months' time. We like to give ourselves some time to catch up on movies we may have missed, uh, but we're doing all the decade stuff right now. So uh, thank you <coughs> once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time.